about. So welcome to our annual Accountability and Vision Cast Sunday. <laughs> um, and so I'll read a lot of this, but I'll try not to be boring. Uh, ever since we had hands laid upon us in May of 2004, Wow, way back then, can't believe I can say that, by the elders of our home church and the prophetic uh, presbytery that came to us. Um, and when we were commissioned here, we've held on to a certain promise from God, and that, that was that he would establish a ministry in this community that would bring healing to hearts and homes. And having been trained in ministry, Carol and I, for at least 25 years before we even came to Harrisburg, uh, we knew the importance of laying a foundation of accountability uh, to church leadership. In other words, we don't have the right to ask you guys to follow us in this ministry un unless we have a track record of following somebody else. Uh, we could not require accountability of others unless we had accountability in place for ourselves. So today you are about to receive the accountability report that we submit to the Urban Life family, everyone here in this room, our overseers every year. Um, you are also about to hear the goals and objectives that we have for 2016. And we pray that this presentation inspires and encourages you to take another step in your commitment to follow Jesus and allow the purpose of God to be fulfilled in your own life. First of all, in our accountability report, uh, we just want to tell you that our family's doing well. Uh, there's David and Michelle on from left to right, David, Michelle, Antoinette, many people say Antoinette, but it's Antoinette, uh, Christopher, Johnny, Carol, and myself. Um, David and Michelle are living in Canada. Uh, our oldest son, Christopher, and his wife, uh, they live in Tulsa. And last year, they got married in March. Uh, so really, they've been married 11 months. They're coming up on their, or is it 10 months? 10 months, yeah, so, so they're getting close to their first anniversary. <laughs> Uh, John graduated from uh, uh, Art Institute of York last year, uh, right at the end of the year. And Carol and I celebrated our 35th wedding anniversary. Yay! <laughs> uh, we send this accountability report to three seasoned pastors. Not only do we send them a copy of this report, but we also include, uh, the reason why I showed you our family, we include the status of our marriage and update on how our sons are doing as they progress through uh, through their lives and uh, we've submitted this annual accountability report to these leaders since 2005. Uh, we're directly connected to Bishop Raphael Green. Uh, he's the overseer of the Urban Pastors and Leaders Alliance based in St. Louis, Missouri. The other two gentlemen you may know, Pastor Dave Hess of Christ Community Church on the West Shore and Pastor Raleigh, Raleigh Wingfield of Zion Assembly here on the East Shore and we didn't know until we moved here after we moved here, how significant that was that God would set up our accountability pastors as being from both the east and west side. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, yeah. Pastor at Christ Community Church? Yes. I can't remember. I just know it's on Slate Hill Road, something like that. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, that's where you go. Okay. Back in uh, 2014, uh, when we had no official leadership teams, and so we felt that we needed to build a core group, uh, a core church family membership and partners. And we don't use, as you guys know, we don't use hype 
and promises of one day being big and famous and rich to, to make people get involved in the work of the Lord. And the reason why I say that because I know that goes on a lot in America. They use hype and the promises. We gonna, our church gonna be big. We are gonna be famous and all that. And we, we gonna be we're, the word they use is we. It's, our, our ministry is gonna blow up. So one day our ministry is gonna blow up. So that becomes the motivation for people to come and join. And we don't use that as the motivation to join with what God has told us to do. We don't use the promise that God's gonna cause all your dreams to come true. Uh, so no hype, no gimmicks. We just uh, call people to follow Christ with all their hearts. That's, that's it. That's all the message that Urban Life has. Follow the Lord with all your heart. Um, I, I, if you were to give that a model, it would be give up your life for him since he gave up his life for you. <laughs> that's, that's it. Um, so the keys to success in this ministry, we feel, are first of all, the presence of God. Uh, prayer, prayer, and prayer. The reason why I put that there is because Billy Graham was asked what was the success for his ministry, and he said, I have three keys to my success. Prayer, prayer. He said, prayer, number one, prayer, number two, prayer, number three, prayer. <laughs> um, another thing that we have noticed has been key to success in this ministry has been relationships. Uh, rather, it's in our marriage, families, or even with one another in within the ministry as as well as the connections God has given us with other ministries here in the area. Another, we're convinced, another key to our success, success will be uh, commitment and competency. I put those two together because you have many people, this has just been what we've learned historically in all these years of serving in ministry. You have a number of people who are will be either committed or competent. And the reason why I say this is because you have a lot of people who are committed. They'll be there every time, but they're really not good at what they do. <laughs> so they're not very competent. And the people who are really competent, good at what they do, they never, they won't ever make a commitment uh, to a ministry, an organization, or nothing. They never commit because they're so good. They just sit back and critique everything. Anybody ever notice that? The others won't. When they, uh, key to success in this ministry will be compassion and consistency. Um, by this, I mean have, sometimes you can be very compassionate, you have great compassion for people, uh, but sometimes with people who are very, who are filled with compassion, they won't be consistent. Uh, in other words, they only go by how they feel. They don't, they, they need to be that compassionate with everybody. You can't pick and choose who you're going to be, com show compassion towards. <laughs> And then you got some people who, who who will display great consistency in what they do, always attending, always being there, but they don't have a lot of compassion for people. They tend to be the administrative types. Let's just get it done. And they'll be there consistent, but they don't have much compassion and tolerance for people. <laughs> so we need all commitment, competency, compassion, and consistency. We still believe that if we can just do this, if we could do this, everything that I'm showing them, if we could do this for one solid year, there's no telling how far reaching this ministry's influence will become in the healing of hearts and families and relationships. Uh, in 2015, God helped us to accomplish a number of things. Uh, this is more for your information. Um, we support Bethesda Missions. We support Kingdom Quest Ministries, which is John and Carrie Shuey, their work in India, sometimes in Pakistan. Uh, we support All Girls Allowed. All Girls Allowed is an outreach in China.
to help women who choose to have their female babies because a lot of times because of China's uh, law of the limitation of the number of children that they can have, if a family discovers that they're going to have a girl, a lot of times they will abort the girl because having men, having boys is extremely important to the culture to keep the family line going. So for instance, I think it's two children per family. And so if they like, if the first one is a girl and if the second pregnancy is a girl, they will abort because they want a boy to keep the family name going. Right. Yeah. So we support all girls allowed. Uh, we, we support all girls allowed, which provides for these women who choose to have uh, their female babies. Um, another group ministry we support is the Living Hope Alliance. Uh, we started supporting this in 2014, the Kurdish uh, refugees. Um, we also send monthly support to Metro Associates, the Urban Pastors and Leaders Alliance, of which we are affiliated, as well as uh, supporting Orphans Promise. This is CBN's effort, uh, Christian Broadcast Network's effort to help orphans around the world. Um, in 2015, uh, uh, we continue to maintain our prayer ministry, uh, starting off with our noonday prayer with Mom. Uh, Mom Dennis keeps that going for us. Uh, the Pennsylvania Apostolic Prayer Network, we joined up with that in April of 2015 and have been with them ever since with a weekly Tuesday morning uh, phone conference call with, with uh, county prayer leaders from all over the state. Um, we, uh, at the very end of the year, we became connected with a corporate community prayer group uh, that meets in Allison Hill. Um, and, for prayer every Tuesday evening. So Tuesday has pretty much become an all day prayer day. My wife maintains a weekly prayer list, a prayer list interceding for everybody here, our partners, the ministry, everything involved. Uh, so that's to give you an idea of what's happening there. Yes. Yeah, we pray together. Yeah, yeah. It's, no, it's a prayer. Yeah, it strictly is a prayer. Yeah, each week the uh, the prayer leader, which uh, Donna Beaver is the prayer leader, and she and she and uh, Abby, uh, they already usually have a scripture and a list of things to be praying about, and then they'll ask us. It's about an hour, and they ask all of us from our region what are concerns, what are things happening in our region. Of course, we're in Dauphin County, and so we bring up the issues of what's happening in Harrisburg, and then as a group. We pray, yeah. We bring them. Then we all pray, yeah. So we're hearing about what's going on all over the state, not just what's happening in Harrisburg. And that's been very beneficial for us since we don't, you know, I don't know much about Pennsylvania as a whole. So this gives us wonderful opportunity on this prayer call to hear the wonderful things that are happening in Philly and Pittsburgh and just everywhere. Uh, yeah. So. No, that is that that's strictly the issue. It's not a public prayer. Yeah, this is just the county prayer leaders gathering to pray for. Yeah. A lot of good questions, sir. This is a picture of another prayer opportunity that it opened up to uh, to me and Carol. We uh, uh, 
on from time to time have gone into the state capitol to pray with one of the senators. Someone took a picture uh, while I was praying, and this is just one group of people that happened to gather all together one time. It's not this many people every single time, but because of who these people were in that particular sun, uh, Sunday, that particular Monday morning, they decided to take a picture because it was such a unique gathering of, of uh, people, a Syrian pastor, uh, the Amish brothers, this brothers from the West, uh, from Western PA. Um, so, uh, this is, which group is this? Uh, we were just part of the a group that gathers with Abby. Abby meets with this senator every week in, uh, in the Capitol. And so we're not really necessarily an organized prayer group. We just go in with Abby, those who want to go. So I just said this is just such a unique group that happened to gather that day because we never know who's going to be there. And so this particular week, it was just such a, it just happened that the Lap brothers were there, the Amish brothers. It happened that Dr. Reuben Egoff was from Western PA was there. It just so happened that this Syrian pastor was there. You know, it just so happened that Blaine was there, who was, you know, Abby's right-hand guy uh, helping Healing Tree. So it was just such a unique gathering that we all said, let's take a picture. <laughs> What's the chances of all of us being together like this again? And so uh, that's just to let you guys see some of the things that, have, uh, that happened uh, last year. Giving you, I love giving you this great, great report. Um, this is pretty much our ministry here in South Central Pennsylvania. I tried to give you a, a representation just by these pictures uh, that urban life is prayer, it's life coaching, it's family healing and restoration, it's social media outreach, um, it's, it's uh, free multimedia downloads. Uh, we're always planting, always sowing, always giving, always investing. So I just wanted to just give you a quick picture representation because it's really difficult to describe uh, urban life. When God gives you something that's cutting edge, or sometimes the word I use is bleeding edge, which means you're on the other side of the blade, <laughs> it's hard for, to, to put it in words when people, I'm sure you get asked that question, what, what's urban life like? What's your church like? And you're trying to put it in words because the only thing you can do is just tell them what we do. You go, well, we sit at a table, we talk, we pray, we minister to each other, there's teaching, there's worship. And so you find yourself describing all these things that we do, but it's still hard to describe what it is. And I believe God is doing that intentionally. We noticed during this week, as we were sitting in the, during the breaks, uh, people would start trying to network with each other and so they would ask one another so what do you do and we always everybody would do the same thing they would go uh well we kind of sort of because nobody can describe what god has them doing we can't describe it in old terms the terminology of our of the past is is no longer it's not fitting for what God is calling us all into and so when people try to describe their ministries or their businesses they're going well, I kind of do. Church. It's not a church, but we. And, 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 and we. Well, we meet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And everybody's in that. Yeah, it's hard to describe it. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. That's how it is. That's not the important part. Yeah. Yeah. The important part is. Yeah. 
giving back into people's lives. Yeah, so it's, and that's what that's what so. our and so we got the same thing that I'm trying to explain what we do, um, why we do it, without it being locked into the box of traditional church and thinking, because you're trying to break people out of that mentality, even to understand what we're saying. So that's urban life. Uh, more of what we were able to accomplish during this, during 2015, uh, our itinerant ministry really picked up this past year. Uh, Carol and I were able to minister um, at Healing Tree. Uh, we ministered in Lewistown. Uh, we ministered at Cumberland Valley uh, Church a couple of times in our home church in St. Louis. Uh, a, a remnant ministries a, was a prayer gathering that was held in St. Louis and Florissant. Florissant is the township right next to Ferguson. Um, we ministered at Antioch Assembly last year, Pastor Joe Green, our buddy. Uh, so last year was uh, really was a serious total turnaround of itinerant ministry for us. And we're already looking toward more in uh, this year in 2016. Um, last year, uh, back in uh, um, November, yeah, November 2015, we were acknowledged and received community ambassador awards uh, through I Change Nations and Hood Rise. Uh, we were commissioned as ambassadors of world peace uh, by the Golden Rule International. Uh, starting in October of last year, we had the wonderful opportunity to start uh, hosting workshops at the, as part of uh, Pennsylvania Career Links Job Club. And um, it was a vital connection for us in, to get into the community. And I'm going to let Tracy <laughs> tell you how that went. She can do a better job of explaining how that went better than we can because she was sitting in the she was sitting in the back or off to the side watching what was going on. So we'll let Tracy report to you on Urban Life's ministry in, Peru, in Pennsylvania Career Link. Ready, set, go. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> We started a, a job club at the Career Link uh, for where I work. We started in last August. So we started having people come in that are in career transition trying to find employment. So as the uh, coordinator of the, the job club, I just thought it would be a good opportunity for you guys to come in and speak. And I got approval through management to have you guys come in. And uh, it's just been, it's been very helpful. It's, it's been very encouraging. Uh, typically, when you guys come in, it's always a full house, and then the next day, nobody comes. <laughs> it happens every time. It's every anywhere time? from oh my from twenty to it could be twenty to almost thirty people. because yeah. I keep a, a attendance sheet for every workshop, and uh, seriously, I mean, every time you guys come, it's packed. But then, like the very next day, I have another workshop, and I can barely get six or seven people to come in. <laughs> So I'm like, what happened? Because the people look in there, we're like, where's everyone at? They were, it was packed yesterday. I said, I know, we had a life coach yesterday. Aha. You know, hint, hint. You know, I'm hoping that whenever this budget passes, you know, you never know what the future holds, but yeah. uh, that it'll create more opportunities for you guys to perhaps come in and, yeah. and provide further assistance and support because they're hoping to possibly maybe have you guys come in even to 
you know, talk to staff 100%. and be a part of like monthly meetings that we have and so forth. So, so far so good. It's, it's a, it's a great event. Yay. See, only you could have done that. <laughs> I wouldn't have known, I wouldn't have known that. There's no way. Yeah. I had that all set and planned out a couple of days ago, and I didn't call you ahead of time because I didn't want you thinking all about it all through the weekend and what am I going to say, how am I going to present it, so it's better to just boom. <laughs> See, so now you think about it from that way, it's like it's a good thing I did it that way. <laughs> Another thing that happened was we made a vital connection with the women's shelter uh, here in the community, and we'll talk about that uh, little later. Uh, our internet outreach continued to be pretty amazing. Uh, we've got 203 subscribers on our Facebook page, 103 subscribers in our weekly email newsletter. We have a Fruitful Life Network page that has uh, uh, 414 subscribers. Um, and consistently through the years, our website hits and page views have mainly come from these particular countries, of course, the United States at the top of the list, but it's really surprising when you look at our website analytics that these consistently the, uh, the places where our website hits and page views are coming from. Uh, still amazing to us. Uh, from 2010 to 2015, we had over 130,000 page views and over 650,000 hits on our website. So when I tell you we were shocked and surprised as to what, how the social media aspect of the ministry grew, we really are, because that was not our intentions. We were just simply trying to stay in contact with everybody here. <laughs> uh, um, other things that we were able to accomplish, uh, we completed our 12th book in 10 years, and that 12th book was really a compilation book of taking various things uh, kind of with our favorite emails, our favorite blogs, our favorite posts, and putting them all in one book. Uh, and so the, really that 12th book is more like a compilation book. We have 1,088 video clips in our video library now, 170 audio clips in our podcast library, and we have four books that are always available for free by download from our website. Um, and so, the question can come, how were we able to do all these things? Well, it was because of those who financially supported and invested in Urban Life's mission. So let's look at the 2015 financial report of the ministry. First of all, I just wanted to show you what our current expenses are. Um, we need approximately $1,600 per month uh, to continue to operate uh, from this facility. Um, we transfer 20% of the tithes and offerings to our missions fund and we tithe as pastors into urban life. We don't take anything from the ministry. Uh, like the Apostle Paul, we feel like our role is to lead the way in supporting the ministry. Um, we also give as a church to other ministries locally across the United States and around the world. And then after that, we take care of the ministry expenses. So that's why you see it in that order, 20% goes into missions and outreach, then we take care of the other expenses and these kind of just some general amounts of what it really takes each month for us to continue to operate successfully. Um, when we started the year, this is what our uh, 
balance sheet kind of look like as far as our assets, our financial assets, uh, $100 in the general fund, $70 in the missions, almost 1900 in business and $117 in petty cash. So we had $2,180.83 when we started the year. Um, this was the total income for our year. For 2015, $21,259 was our total income for 2015. Our expenses, we break it down into three categories that we call ministry and services, general administrative expense, and then miscellaneous. Very, very simple. Uh, it can get way more complicated than that, but our ministry's not that big. Believe me, I've had to operate it on the extremely huge expense sheet and all of that and when I used to give this report in our home church back in St. Louis and believe me when you've got 17 employees and 20 something ministries <laughs> and all the stuff that we had it was a huge expense report that I would go through it would take me about an hour and a half to go through the expense report because I went through it in detail uh, very necessary because at the time that we were doing that uh, that came behind the moral feelings of many huge ministries here in the in the nation, Jim Baker, Jimmy Swaggart, all kinds of scandal and everything. And so our ministry started uh, in the midst of all of that. So for all the years following, we always gave a detailed expense report and found it to be very true. And once we moved here to Harrisburg, we have just continued to do that. Of course, we don't have a big expense report because we don't have that big of a ministry, but we do have something. I'm just very thankful to God $21,259. <laughs> and it covered all of our expenses, our ministry and services, 470744. As you can see, our general administrative was 15,72813, and then miscellaneous 65704. So our total expenses was $21,092.61, giving us a net income for the year of $166.39. Uh, and now I'm going to give you the details of that. That's an overall view. Now the details. Here's what that income, how, how it breaks down. What, is that, what makes up that $21,259? Well, $18,281 was first fruits offering. We use that phrase because some people believe in doing tithes. Some people believe in giving free will offerings. We don't get into that debate. We just take it and call it all first fruit. <laughs> um, and then the general offerings, $908. That's everything from maybe come from visitors who didn't necessarily designate their offering, didn't identify their offering as a tithe or uh, offerings that come to us from around the country through our PayPal account. Um, it was only one bounce check for the year, so we took off that $100. <laughs> uh, grateful for the one, only one check bounce. Uh, and so that gave us and this is referred to as unrestricted income. Unrestricted means that the funds can be used for any purpose within the organization. It's unrestricted. $19,089 in unrestricted income. Restricting. The first fruit offerings? Yes. That comes from individuals, churches you go to online and everything? No. I'll break, I'll break that down to you in just a minute. Um, but this is just you guys giving as identified as when people giving tithes and offerings regular regular y'all <laughs> and it's amazing so you look around the room you see how few people are here each week and it's amazing isn't it it, it really is amazing 
Uh, now, other restricted income is funds that comes in and money has been identified for a specific purpose. So missions and outreach, $500 was given and it was specifically designated to go to missions and outreach. Uh, pastor love offerings. This is uh, the times that people have given to me and Carol. $1,570. We did not take it. We put it all in the ministry. But you're able to see this is how much has come. Yeah. Most of the time when we uh, travel and people give offerings, they will designate it to us personally. And we don't put it into Urban Life. But every once in a while, somebody will actually write out a check to Urban Life and designate it as a pastor love offering. So we haven't taken those funds because uh, our financial situation have been up such we haven't been able to. If we took those funds that were designated as love offerings for us, and if we took it, then, then we wouldn't have been able to like pay the rent. Or <laughs> so that's just how. Don't frown. Don't get upset. <laughs> we're not the first pastors to do this. We're certainly going to be the last. That even when money is designated toward us, we choose to. We have that ability. We can choose to put it into the ministry. Uh, yeah. Uh, and life coaching, $100. Uh, and so 2170 has come in in restricted funding. So a total amount of 21259 Now, legally, $1570, $100, that's supposed to come to me and Carol no matter what because it's restricted and was designated toward us. But that would just be, we used to do this in my home church, that would be money that just uh, one day when the ministry gets prosperous enough, we'll be able to have an accountant to reassign that money back to us and make a note reflecting back to, way back to 2015 when that money was never given to the pastors. That's how those kind of things get taken care of. So don't worry, one day, <laughs> and we probably won't even care because you know what we'll do, right? They'll designate the 1670 for us, and we're going to take it in what? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it will be money. It'll come from a check that we will actually write out to the church and put it back. Yeah. Part of the reason why you may wonder why we haven't done that in the right now is because if we take this money personally, then we'd have to pay taxes on it and what we put back into the ministry will be less if we just leave it there <laughs> until the day comes when we don't have to go through all that. So I know you wonder why we do certain things the way we do, and that's why. We do live in a world in a system where this would be, we don't have a payroll, so this would have to be given to us in the form of what's called a 1099. And with that, and we would have to file that 1099 with our taxes, and we would be taxed off of that 1670 and we're not in the position right now to pay those kind of thing yeah okay the ministry and services which is best way to think what happens to that 20% that we put into missions this is what we do with it $600 went to local organizations. $1,350 went to national organizations that we gave to. Remember I told you the list of people who we gave to, who we supported? This is it. $1,600 to national. 
$25 special donation. That means we probably gave, I know, I remember exactly, I just won't tell y'all. The particular ministry that we just wrote out a check and gave it to that ministry. Uh, inventory giveaway. This is how much we spent on those books and stuff that we give away. We're giving that away. International travel. We had to renew our passports. So with that $500 that came in toward missions and outreach, 340 of it, we renewed our passports. Isn't that great? I love giving the details. And I know that this is important. I don't know how many churches and ministries get this kind of information. And we're able to do this for you right now. Maybe the next person that becomes, that gets in charge of uh, handling all of this, they probably wouldn't go in, in as much detail. Uh, uh, yeah, that's right. our chief financial officer. Thank you, dear. Yeah, right. They may not go into all of this detail, but I still feel like it's important in these foundational years that we do. So that one day when somebody's looking back at the history of this ministry, we'll have it on video. This is the level of accountability that we put in place. Yes, sir. The numbers 5,000, 5050, 10, 5010, 10, is that like you assign it or is that yeah. QuickBooks assign it? I assign. I assign and I used it based up on uh, the criteria that you're given when you uh, form a nonprofit organization um, through the, the IRS has a form, I'm trying to think of the form, form 990 that's used every year that nonprofits use. And they, they, they kind of, they just kind of say your, your expenses usually are given, put in the 5,000. Usually assets are listed as two, two or 3,000. So it's really not a big deal. That's just accounting stuff. It's not really requires, many accountants, they'll use whatever numbers that they want, but kind of a general. For them to keep themselves yeah, organized, sense. yeah. And are you doing this like on QuickBooks? Yeah, I use QuickBooks Pro. Yeah, yeah. QuickBooks Pro. Been using that for many, many years. Oh, that's okay. That's okay. I use yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because you're wanting to set up your own. Yeah, QuickBooks Pro. <laughs> yeah, there is a difference too. Um, another question. Yeah. The core group. Yeah, the core group. So that you know. So that we'll know who, who our pastors are. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. Because they do come up, because people don't know. And when people do come to your church or organization, many come with a lot of skepticism or baggage from wherever they left especially if they left under circumstances where uh, the money was the biggest issue. Oh, yeah. So when they come to the next group, next place, all they want to know is how is the money being spent? They ain't asking you nothing about how many souls are getting saved, how many lives we're touching, how much food we're giving out in the community. All they want to know is where's the money? All right, multimedia expenses, and the reason why we place multimedia as part of our ministry and services, it's the services aspect. So you can think of this, this is ministries, this is services. And so with all that stuff we've got going on at multimedia, we don't just consider it as administrative expense. We consider it as a ministry expense because these are all things that are going out to serve outside of ourselves. So our internet video, uh, this is the annual fee that we pay 
off of Vimeo Internet Audio. That's our podcast company that we, uh, that's the annual fee. As you can see, these are incredibly low to be able to post the number of videos that we post every year for $60 for the whole year. <laughs> so basically $5 a month. <laughs> uh, and I was surprised that this just this will probably surprise you that audio costs more than video. Yeah, but audio company ninety six dollars. I thought I always thought it would be the other way around myself. I don't know why. That's true. Audio is much more convenient. That's true. Good point. Audio takes up less space, but it's also much easier for customers to work with audio. So you, so they're making us pay for, I guess, audio people, companies say, uh, you are more likely to have more audio com customers, followers than video. But, um, I don't know what they're thinking. You can, yeah, you can down uh, video. I mean, you can download audio clips much easier than video. Yeah, because audio audio files are very very small. Called Podbean. Yeah, I know you're asking because you're gonna need to make some audio files too. Yeah. I have some through Oh, okay, good deal. Let me finish this because I'm, I'm recording all of this. Video production 105. That's the cost to make those introductory uh, clips. You know, our fifth, our 30 and one minute intros. To, uh, that's what it takes to that was the cost to create those and our website services which is both web hosting and renewing of the domain because when it comes to uh, websites you may not have known this you pay for the name of your website the registering of your name and being able to maintain it each year as well as you pay for the server space in other words, to actually hold that site in that in cyberspace, you pay for that. So you pay an annual fee for both the name and the actual site space. So it's 173.85. So this is our total multimedia expense for the year. And again, when you see and in perspective, it's incredible how low amount of money that you pay for multimedia. Now, where's all the big money really then come from? Well, Urban Life gets that for free. Why? Because I'm doing that myself. What it would cost to pay somebody to maintain all of this is salaries. <laughs> and that will part of the things that will one day be. Again, good point that you made, Mom, because in the years to come, people may question, well, why are you spending so much on multimedia? Because eventually uh, you have to hire somebody to maintain this. Right. You're their company, you, they hire somebody to do nothing but media uh, and social media. And I want you to know that's easily uh, anywhere from thirty-six dollars to $50,000 a year job. Depending upon someone's We're skills level. <laughs> I'm just saying, well, that's what it was with the government. <laughs> so it's a, and all I'm saying is that's a legitimate expense to hire somebody to do what I've been doing for Urban Life and Fruitful Life 
all these years voluntarily because that's when you really stop and think about it that's a job that I do that's aside from pastor so I am serving as chief executive officer accountant slash bookkeeper administrator social media director media director as well as life coaching and senior pastor and all of those website developer and got to that one <laughs> so I and all of those are different jobs that in the days to come we need to hire people to do you can't expect people to do the excellent job that we're going to be looking for voluntarily now I have even volunteered these services to other ministries but eventually in every case it gets to the point where their demand increases and increases and increases because that's the nature of media and social media as well as all of this and so they start asking more and more of my time and I can't I always reach the point where I can't do anymore and they are forced to hire somebody to do it <laughs> and for us yeah, maybe in the beginning days, we may have, have people to volunteer to do it, but eventually you have to hire them. Uh, these are our general administrative expenses. I'll go through these quickly. Transaction fees, this is how much we pay for PayPal because PayPal takes 2.9% out of every transaction you go, that's a whole lot of money. No, it's not because if you're taking what I'd have to do to come in here, do all the accounting, adding up all those offerings, then taking the money over to the bank, make the deposits and all of that, that's way more than $395.20. Yeah. And it makes it easier for, yeah, it makes easier for everybody that uses it. You just click the button and you're in. Yeah, it's so and I call it the cost of doing business. And as a as a um, businessman, not just senior pastor, as a businessman, I am not afraid of the cost of doing business. It's just that I want my costs to be realistic. I don't want to pay for something that uh, I'm not getting the service. So I'm getting the service. Uh, we had one NSF check, I mean, fee, uh, insufficient fund check, so there's the 10 bucks for that. And no, we don't make people track them down to make them give us our, their, you know, that works in business, can't do that in church. I just want you to know, can't, it will not work. Because people do not view giving to a church the same way when they purchase something, purchase a product. And even though their bounce check cost us, if you go after them for it, Believe me, you are setting up a whole nother level of distrust and anger and everything. You can't believe. <laughs> um, we tried it in our early days in St. Louis to nicely, politely tell people, you know, your balance check. Because we would mail the check back to them and show them the NSF fund and all of that. But they'd explode every 100% every time they exploded every time uh, that's just the nature of it so imagine the times when they wrote us a $10 check $10 check bounces and the NSF fund in St. Louis was 15 bucks 
$10 check and it cost us 15 we just lose five dollars for no reason at all other than you just didn't have the money <laughs> but that's just <laughs> see that's mine see y'all see that accountant bookkeeper side come out just then yes yes not just that all right yeah she's referring to something that ambassador rivers said about me <laughs> this is our lease Oh, did I skip anything? Copyright license. We actually pay uh, for the license to uh, sing these songs, display these songs, and to live stream these songs. We pay for the copyright. A lot of churches, especially in the urban community, do not even know this exists. But more of your bigger name churches around here, they, they, they know it and they're paying the fee. Uh, when you see songs displayed, you go to different churches and they got the songs displayed on the big screen and all of that. They, you pay a copyright to do that because you're, you're, you're displaying someone else's lyrics in a public form. What about, you say you, you wrote about you know, all the blogs, right? You get God gathered the best blogs produced. Yeah. You have a copyright. Did you copyright that or not? Oh, that's different. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. This is just this is the copyright fee that we pay in order to display music here in this room and online. Yeah, yeah. Which many people don't know exists. So uh, now our lease, the phone bill. <laughs> Give me. I'm trying to go quickly now because we uh, pastoral ministries. This is book one book that we purchase, one video that we purchase here. Uh, and we played it. I think one of them was the uh, one of the America. Uh, oh man, I forgot what it was uh, during the marriage battle and all of that with the Supreme Court. And we purchased the video and we played it here. And so that's what that basically means. These are expenses in order for us to minister here. Any books that we purchase, any videos that we purchase, not that stuff. Any books that we purchase and things to minister here with you guys. This is our postage for the year, printing, uh, building supplies, office supplies, audio-visual supplies, in other words, uh, like getting the blank DVDs, the blank CDs, the paper for our copier, all that kind of stuff. Even I just, when you say building supply, that's more like the cleaning supplies stuff, all of that, yeah. <laughs> Music supplies, uh, downloads of some of those videos that you have seen on here. Uh, uh, like Welcome to Our Church, those videos, those special clips that you've seen, we pay for those. Uh, that's why I, I remember a few years ago, a young man came and he saw the nice little videos that we've done, which you guys have seen, like the thunder and the lightning and the scriptures and all that stuff. And he's like, can I get a copy of that? And I'm like, no. <laughs> no. And you, want, you have to pay for it. Again, I'm trying to teach people something. Quit trying to get something for nothing. You come to a church, you see the church using some really nice video, things like that, and you ask for it for free. Like, no, go online. <laughs> I'll give you the... Be a, be a person of integrity. Go online, download it for yourself. They wanted to use it for their church, their ministry, whatever they were doing. Like, okay, here's the information. Go, go buy one. It, it ain't going to cost you that much. <laughs> 
a lot of these downloads, they're like 10 bucks, 15 bucks. Go and buy it yourself. Don't, we spent the money, we made the investment, we bought it, now we're gonna give it to you so you can go do it in your church for free. Again, I'm trying to deal with the mentality where people are trying to get something for nothing. Now, the guy never came back to our church. He got all upset and offended with me, but <laughs> I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to deal with a mentality. Uh, so that's also part of the reason, you know, sometimes people haven't come back to Urban Life because they, they've encountered me and Carol at this professional level right here. And we know we, we, yeah, we, we will be cordial and open and minister to everybody that comes. But once we step into these areas of professional and integrity, they find out another side of us. And we politely say, no. So we, I didn't say, no, go with me. I, I said, no, we, I can't do that. I said it nicely, but he got offended because he got the point. Don't ask for something for nothing. Yeah. So pastors are always teaching. Parking lot, uh, this is just one time out of all the many times that we went down to the Capitol to rather to pray with the senator, different events that have happened down there, Pray USA, all the different things. And one time, I think, yeah, I think this is the, uh, I don't remember, remember which one, we paid for the parking. Most of the time we used the parking lot, I mean the, uh, the parking garage and we pay for it ourselves. Uh, but this is one time we just didn't have it, so we had the, we put it on the church. And I know I can see all y'all now say, why didn't you put all of them on the church? Don't look at me. Don't look at me. <laughs> We're just pastors. We can't help it. That's the way we roll sometimes. Uh, our refreshments and fellowship, in other words, to pay for both the, the, what's the thing called? Yeah, the carrick and the coffee and pastries and things that we've had there. We've given cards, uh, gifts, awards, everything from gift cards to even, uh, um, um, when I say gift cards, I mean uh, like giant gift cards. Yeah. We've done giant gift cards as well as, uh, I kind of think of different types of cards that we go to, greeting cards. Uh, conference, thank you cards, yeah, thank you dear. Uh, conference registration fees, um, we did for the conferences that we attend, put that on the church. We didn't pay for any of the conferences that we attend. Um, we did have the ministry to pay for it. And I really shouldn't have put this sales tax separately. That really should have been included with the, going back to the uh, uh, inventory giveaway, inventory giving away. That was part of the sales tax when we made those purchases. It's just that the system kind of automatically separates out sales tax into its own category. And I'll go back into QuickBooks and correct that later. Uh, so total miscellaneous expense, 65704. So that's what makes up the total of $21,092.61 in expenses for the year. And that's the reason why when you look at how much we receive and how much we spent, we had $166.39 in the positive. And to balance that out, the, the proof that we stay perfectly in balance, when you look at how much money we started off the year with, 21.83, and how much we ended up with at the end of the year, 23.47.22, the difference between this and that is exactly $166.39.
<laughs> One year I was, oh my God. <laughs> oh. And believe me, when we got into like in our home church and it was up to $800,000 dollars in, in income and expenses and all that to come out perfectly. One year I was off. No, it's two dollars and thirty cents. I still remember I was off by two dollars and thirty cents and I could not find it. Where is it? And everybody's going, What are you tripping about? You just accounted for almost a million dollars and you can't find two bucks. Seriously? Get off. <laughs> Tossing and turning in my sleep and everything. I can't find it. <laughs> And we had a professional auditor that came in. This guy did auditing for Fortune 500 companies around the world, and he was the auditor for our church's accounting and everything. Uh, and he, he said, he stood up in front of the whole congregation, said, Pastor Chris, this, please, it's okay, $2.30. <laughs> he says, in my business, I find a whole lot more money unaccounted for. And this is obviously just a, a mistake. Probably, he said, you probably just inverted some numbers, in other words, you might have something, something might have been been transposed. transposed. I just changed it, it should have been 203 and I put in as $2.30 and it should have been $2.03 and like, oh, and I still gotta find it. <laughs> <laughs> this is our historical history uh, and believe me, I have a detailed report at what I just showed you today that report, same type of report, is available for each and every year. Each and every year. We that's when we first started, 2004. First moved here. Remember, we started in September, so a great deal of that income was money that was given from our home church to get us started. Uh, 2005, we were in the building up in. Uh, Northside Harrisburg and uh, uh, got up to as uh, close to 30 people and so we were doing quite well and then you see what happened after that <laughs> yep. when I shifted to this mode of we're, we're no longer going to sing songs to heavy hearts we're going to this is going to be about family uh, it's going to be very personal me and Carol would just sit down. You remember those days, Mom? We said we start doing what we do today. We took these chairs, these two same two chairs, sit down in front of everybody and just talk and teach. And for Harrisburg, that was just too radical. That was very personal. That was very very personal. So by the end of that year, we only had Mom and a young lady left with her three girls, uh, Gary. That was it. <laughs> and on the journey started and we bottomed out to $11,500 one year <laughs> and since then we have been slowly progressing uh, this year 2013 dropped out because of what happened here in this building where we missed like 20 something Sundays because they dropped us down to once a month yeah, so that's the only reason why that bottomed out because we lost 25% of our Sundays. Yeah, uh, otherwise it most likely would have easily been in the 20, 25, even $25,000 range because we, 
you know, even losing that many Sundays, we look at that 18,000. And so last year was the highest we had seen since 2007. And this year we kind of went back to that, to that level, but we're still very, very pleased because in spite of the turnover, uh, uh, people coming in and out, we still have been able to remain pretty consistent. Uh, I, I love showing everybody this picture to describe our ministry. <laughs> that, that's, that's the true picture you need to have of urban life. Uh, many, many people got a lot of plumage up top, but there isn't a lot below the surface. And we don't care that we don't look all that great on the surface. Uh, we know there's a lot underneath. Uh, and that's not boasting or bragging, that's just the reality. Uh, just even being able to give you this type of financial report. Uh, I've heard of pastors, one of our friends told us that their pastor gave them a financial report and it was all of the income. And so all the, everybody was like, well, what, what about the expenses? That still doesn't tell us what happened to the money. He actually stood up and just, he wasn't trying to show them the income. He actually presented what I just presented to you today. Can you imagine me getting up and telling you we had $21,000 that came in last year? Thank the Lord, we had $21,000, right, moving on to the next thing. Y'all be sitting here going, what? <laughs> you ain't going to tell us what happened to it? <laughs> And <laughs> it all went to the building funds. <laughs> but this is minute. So we share this with you just to say uh, you cannot compare this ministry to others in the city. You can't compare this ministry to what you even see on TV. We must trust that there's more going on below the surface. And not just in the ministry, but in our hearts, in our hearts and in our homes, than what's exposed above the surface in the public. And we believe that not only is this shows what's happening in urban life, but this shows what's going on in our own individual households. There's a lot more going on underneath. It can feel like I'm not really making any progress, nothing, nothing much is really changing, but yes, it is. Something's going on inside of you. Yeah. So I want you to always remember that picture. Now, on the first Sunday in, in, uh, uh, in January of 2014, I want to take you guys back a couple of years, we presented a couple of scriptures that the Lord gave us. Um, you guys will remember this. Revelation 3.8, I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door, and no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied my name. And then the other scripture the Lord gave us two years ago was, Colossians 4, verses 2 through 3, which says, Continue earnestly in prayer, being vigilant in it with thanksgiving. Then the Apostle Paul, he was really making this, telling them, y'all pray for me. Meanwhile, praying also for us, that God would open to us a door for the word to speak the mystery of Christ, for which I am also in chains. Now, we did not know, January 2014, what we were in store for. Uh, after that, we met uh, Abby, Jim and Abby, Healing Tree. After that, we were part of Unite to Restore. At Unite to Restore, we met Ambassador Rivers. <laughs> and life <laughs> has not been the same. God has done just that. He's opened up a door. 
he told us that was our theme for that year, an open door for hearts and homes. And I'm just sharing this to you because you can see now when you look back over the last two years, all through 2014, all through last year, God has answered this prayer and he's still answering it to this day. Now for us, now I want to project a little bit more into this year. This is some of what we shared with you guys last year. We feel like God has called us to build a church family that will be community first responders. And in order for us to be community first responders, we must be intercessional. Remember I shared this with you guys, which means be prayerful, stand in the gap for others, be intentional, meaning be purposeful uh, about God's agenda, the goals, the objectives, the strategy that he gives us. He wants us to be invitational. <laughs> And that is to engage or invite others into your journey or in your story or even accept other people's invitation to connect with theirs. God wants us to be interventional. And that is we got to be willing to step into situations. Yeah. Step up in crises when it happens in somebody else's life. After that, I remember always sharing with you guys a story of how I overheard the conversation of a co-worker whose friend was dying in the hospital. So we got to be willing to step up. Uh, when it happens in our own families, just step up. Uh, I love what's happening in your family because it's happening just, and if God just like, here it is, here's the moment, and you've been seizing the moments God's been giving you in your family. Um, God wants us to be inventional. And then by that word, that's a word I made up. There is no word inventional. The word is actually inventive. But what, what I, <laughs> so I made up a word to make my point of how you can be inventive. <laughs> Because what? Even though that's a made up word, it was a creative way to make a point. And so God wants us to be able to do that. <laughs> Copyright the word inventional now. Yeah. <laughs> but be inventive. Find and offer solutions. If a solution does not exist, allow the Holy Spirit to, show, to teach you how to become an inventor. Be creative. God will give you creative answers to a problem. Um, um, this is one of those things that I could tell you every leader desires this in their people, that they're inventional. In other words, uh, here's kind of the typical what happens in normal church setting. Problems in the church, everybody brings the problem to the pastor. I used to say this all the time back in St. Louis. I don't need you to come and tell me the problem. I know what the problems are. I need you to bring me answers. I say this to the leaders, not to the whole congregation. This is kind of our leadership talk. And so Pastor Chris was always the one in the leadership meetings who would stand up because I was my role as executive pastor in the church. I was always telling the leaders, don't bring me problems. I know what the problems are. I need answers. So don't come and say, Pastor Chris, we need to, Pastor Chris, we need to, Pastor Chris, we ought to, no, no. You <laughs> bring me answers. <laughs> That's what leaders need. We need bring answers. And even if the answers conflict with one another, it's still we got a whole bunch of things on the table that we can work through. But if people keep looking to the leader to come up with all the answers, then we're not going to get anywhere. And so that's another reason why this new thing happening in the church where we're inviting everybody to the table, many aren't used to that because they're accustomed to being in situations where even if I did offer a solution, it's going to be slammed. Or if I remember in school, if you raise your hand with the answer, the rest of the students going to be mad at you. 
<laughs> so we got to get past that. Some of that stuff, let them be mad because we need answers. No more lemmings. I can say that this, in this region of the country, I have seen the lemmings effect in the people more than anywhere else in the country. And by that I mean everybody just goes along. I don't want to be the one to stick my hand up, put my head up. This is the way we've always done it. Everybody gets in line and goes with the flow. For what God has given us for this community, we can't have lemmings. And I don't feel my authority is challenged when someone says to me, Pastor Chris, I think we ought to. Or what do you think about if we do such and such? I wouldn't be a good leader if all the answers got to come through me. <laughs> I really want to, and I, and I did that with my own leader. I tried to make sure that he wouldn't have to worry about nothing going on with the staff, the money, then my, that ain't his concern. I wanted him to be able to get away with God, just fast and pray, do his studying, go up in his office, get prepared for Wednesday night service, because it was ongoing. Uh, he was teaching on Tuesday night, leading service on Wednesday night and Friday night prayer and, and getting prepared for whatever's going to happen on the weekend, like men's ministry. So I wanted him free to focus on that, not be worried about the building, the parking lot problems. Uh, <laughs> and so many churches, all that stuff comes up and they keep going back to the pastor. The pastor, the parking lot is full on Sundays. I'll never forget this one moment. Oh, my God. Um, a woman came to me and tell me that they, went out, they had run out of toilet paper in the women's restroom. <laughs> and I didn't realize the look was on my face until she went, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it was one of those moments that caught me raw. It caught me raw. <laughs> I know that sounds like St. Louis, but, but that's our, one of our friends. You caught me raw. So I couldn't hide it. I just turned around like and the thought in my head was, why the are you asking me? It sure was my thought. Yeah, in church. I'm not the because we had a pretty big facility. I have no idea where the women's rest, where the women's uh, where the toilet paper is kept. That ain't even my area. We got a janitor. We had a maintenance guy and a janitor. So, because we had a janitor and a maintenance guy, we had both. Why did you choose to go to the associate pastor of the church to tell him about toilet paper running out? But that's what I mean when I get into invention. Oops, I said all of that. <laughs> 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 so this is some of those things that uh, we got to have it so we're looking to you to be inventional be in create creative not look to the senior pastor or the or uh or quote the man to have the answers uh yes international god wants us to be able to engage and ask and listen and respond to do all these things but relate to people beyond what's familiar to us now why did i get into all of that uh, because remember we talked about the power of relationship um, this was done by church growth uh, incorporated but they did they took a poll um, to find out uh, just how effective 
uh, different types of ministries have been to win people to the Lord. And so they discovered from taking a poll that um, most people became Christian believers through relatives and friends, through relationships, not only 6% through pastors, 3% through church services every Sunday, and 1% through crusades and conferences. But yet, the church spends most of its time trying to do, trying to do these three. When, and so that's only 10%. Only 10% of the people that have gotten saved got sold through pastors, church services, and trying to do crusades and conferences. And like places like here in Harrisburg, we're constantly trying to do conferences and crusades. When that's not how people get saved. How do people get saved? Relationships. So that's why there's so much emphasis here in this ministry on building relationships. Why there's so much emphasis on becoming intercessional, intentional, and inventional, and in, you know, invitational um, and international. That's why. That's how it's going to happen. Getting down to my, getting down to my final. Let me let me keep. I'm on the roll now. <laughs> um, so our mission is to rebuild, restore, and renew hearts and homes, as you guys know. And this comes from Isaiah 61, verse 4. If you've never known where that comes from, this is the scripture. It says, they will rebuild the ancient ruins, restore the places long devastated, and renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. That's where that comes from. That's what believe God has given us. Uh, remember, we guys, we taught you five keys to connect with people. Pray, engage, ask, listen, respond. So we, all of that's coming up to a point. This is the direction that God has given us for 2016. Um, we're going to be acting as, uh, my wife and I are going to be acting as pioneers this year, preparing the way for teams of believers to eventually go into these areas where we're going right now. So as you're hearing about us going into CareerLink, as you hear about us going into the women's shelter, we want you to know that we're going now, but our ultimate goal is, for, is to prepare and train others to go and to do everything that we're doing. I mean, everything, all the stuff that I listed. <clears throat> That's the goal of where, that we have for us, that uh, everything from media to administration, bookkeeping to going to the women's shelter or going to career link, that there's other people that do this. God doesn't want this to be just Chris and Carol doing all of this. And we've been trying, that's been our goal all along, to hand it off to others to do. Um, we're launching a new campaign <laughs> for 2015. And um, how, do I how do I describe it? Uh, this new campaign is going to be called For the Least of These. And it comes from this scripture. Uh, Matthew 25 verses 37 through 40 which says then the righteous will answer him saying Lord when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink when did we see you a stranger and take you in or naked and clothe you when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you and the king there's that word king from our weekend of constantly hearing about the king and the king will answer and say to them assuredly I say to you and as much as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it to me. So in 2016, we're going to be focused on the least of these uh, in this community, in this ministry. Um, 
We've been working and preparing for the last 11 years to establish a solid urban community outreach here in Harrisburg. I just want to show you some of the kind of numbers that we actually need. You've been seeing the 21,000 range, but I want you to see what the actual needs are for our ministry. They're more like, in order for us to, uh, we're needing like 42,000 by May the 1st and 84,000 for the whole year. What, what will that accomplish? That's gonna help us to continue to provide the coaching the assistance and the ongoing supplies for the women and the children in the Shalom House Women's Shelter. It's going to enable us to continue helping the unemployed in this region. It's going to help us to continue to provide life coaching and consultation for marriages, families, relationships and families in the community. It's going to give us the ability to renew our lease in this office space uh, and, from, and, and client meeting space. Uh, it's going to give us the ability to upgrade. We seriously need to upgrade all of our computers, our entire system. Uh, I, I, I'll tell you, I'll explain it to you like this. The computers that we are using over there in the room next door, they were seven years old when we brought them here to Harrisburg with us from St. Louis. <laughs> they were seven years old when we brought them <laughs> we have lost several computers along the way we had way more when the, the one that's over there is the only one left we have two laptops and one desktop this is one of the laptops another laptop is over there it's connected to our printer to print out the labels of uh, yeah, I didn't even got to the copier and all the new printer and all. So we need a total system upgrade of everything. Uh, software, hardware, the works. We're still we're still using 1995. In fact, one of those actually does. Yeah, the computer on my office is a Windows 98. It's Windows 98. Just to kind of put it in perspective. <laughs> so it really has been miraculous that we've been able to keep operating. Now the computer that we have in our home is a computer that one of the one computer purchase that we've made since moving here. And the reason why it's in the house, because of course that's where and that's uh we got that when we first moved in this building. Twenty ten. So it's uh, five years old. Yeah. So the reason why I give I show you this because I don't want you to look at we need eighty four thousand dollars. Oh, my God. How are we going to come up with that? We ain't coming up with nothing. I just need to show you this is where the need is. I would do this in my home church every year. Say what we really need, everybody, is two million dollars to do everything that's in the bishop's heart. Now, what we would get would be something like eight hundred or nine hundred thousand dollars each year. And so you're going, wow, that sounds pretty good. But we always put it in perspective for people. Otherwise, it keeps it would keep people from saying, wow, what y'all doing with nine hundred thousand dollars? Well, it said, well, we need it almost twice as much. So we're thankful for what came in. But our need was way greater than that. So I'm showing this to you so you can see that. Thank you, Lord, for twenty one thousand. But our need is four times greater than that. 
our need is actually four times greater. We're so thankful for what has been coming. And now we're at a place where because now we're in it full time. It's actually part of our family, our livelihood. And so, yeah. Yeah, saddle would be included in that. Yeah. And so that's why we're just, we're just letting, Lord, I'm not looking at y'all. Lord, you know what our need is. And so we're trusting you. You know, Actually, in our heart, we would love to. I just didn't say it. I really would love to be able to move from this facility and go someplace else. Because this was the only thing, well, I won't say this was the only thing that was available. This is the door that God opened up for us. Actually, we don't have a preference at all. We really would prefer to be in Harrisburg because of the life coaching aspect of the women and children and people who need to be at a get to us on a bus bus routes that they can reach. Yeah. Yeah. We need to be available for people to actually be able to get here. Don't tell me that. Yeah, so I can talk to Lori tomorrow. Please do. Ask her and see what the, uh, what, what the rate is, what the room rate Yeah. Stuff. I've never been up here, but I mean, there was a staff agency up here, like, I don't know. Yeah, because that is very much uh, bus access. Yeah, very accessible. Got, I mean, you, plus, you know, you have parking. You've got parking there. And, she, she said then she could come up and see us. <laughs> no, no selfish motives in that at all. <laughs> no. Cameron is a uh, Cameron and Market. That's the place closest corner, Cameron and Market Street. Those are the two major intersections. Yeah. And since you're since you're already familiar with Market, where it passes through Allison Hill, okay. Uh, if you're going on Market Street, going toward the river, you're going to come to Cameron, and you would make a right turn on Cameron. And and their facility would be on the left. We've we've actually let me continue. Uh, well, because we'll get into a whole other. Because we've actually we met on the West Shore for a while in part of our years that you looked at, and uh, that didn't work at all because we found that nobody would come over to the West Shore. We found that about East Shore people, they will not go to the West. West Shore people will come to the East, but East Shore people will not go to the West Shore. Yeah. Not even for a job much less a church <laughs> yeah so we that's one of our lessons that we learned here they will not go over there um, they don't feel comfortable uh, the issues of being stopped by the cops and all that kind of thing so they're not coming yeah yeah so those are the realities and we don't we don't try to deny it deny that that's there so upgrading our computers and, and software launch a professional live stream internet uh, service we would like to do this live not just record these and post it later we got a number of people 
just in, in, in our, from where we come from alone, who would faithfully watch this live every week. Yeah, you have to watch your questions. Yeah. <laughs> Don't identify yourself. <laughs> and the last one, which is we are two lessons away from getting our master certification. Uh, we want to launch, and this is a big part of, of the budget also, to launch a life coaching school that will train others to become life coaches. The reason why we went for master certification was so that we would be qualified to have our own life coaching school. Yes. This is through uh, um, Ambassador Rivers organization, actually through their seminary and graduate school program. It's called the International United. It's accredited, yeah, yeah. They, they have a seminary and they, they, they have been, hand, they've been uh, degreeing. Yeah, they have everything. They have everything. They have bachelor degrees. Yeah, they have associate degrees, bachelor degrees, master and doctorate degrees that they are training uh, and taking people through schooling all over the world online. They all, they jumped into the online schooling world long time ago. For us, they, they took our experience, which is why we were able to enroll in the program. They, because we didn't graduate from college, and so they qualified us to enroll it by just taking our 25 years of ministry experience, and everybody's starting to do that now. That's what I. That's like I got. Yeah. I mean, I take a certified recovery specialist, but they counted my college classes. Yeah. So everybody's doing that now, but I'm, but I'm just sharing that to let you know that's part of what this goal is so when you see this goal don't let it intimidate you but this is the first time in all these years that we've done this that I've showed you okay this is what we really need I've never done that before what we really really need for 2016 at least this is our goal now God we already know God because we God will even if he don't give you the money to do stuff he'll open up the way for things to happen so that's why we said we know God. If, if, if he don't give us the money for new computers and new systems, God will give us the new new computers. For us, it don't always have to come through money. That's the, okay, all right, hold, hold that thought. <laughs> hold the thought. So let me finish. Because I got to tell you guys what would our goals are for this year. Continue with goals. Starting this month, starting this month, prophetic prayer and proclamation month. Uh, starting January. And the reason why this is important because everybody in February, everybody knows February has been American History or Black History Month. For us, it's going to be Prophetic Prayer and Proclamation Month. Again, why I sounded, found it so profound that Ambassador Rivers would go on this whole big thing about making proclamations and declarations from this place of authority because I got it already spoken to me to make February Prayer and Proclamation Month. <laughs> that's why I'm sitting there like oh my god I can't believe this so um, we have for you you can pass these out we're asking everyone to take this proclamation handout and every day during the month of February uh, we want you to read through and pray this prayer and you can decide the best time to do it in daily you can do it in the morning as some of you you're going to do it maybe do it during the day 
um, some of you, uh, you do it just before you go to bed at night. Uh, my wife has been doing it every night for almost a year, going through this particular prayer proclamation. Uh, for us, it's a way of being specific and intentional uh, for us to join together to pray using our special, we're going to use our special phone conference line. I'm going to be asking you guys every Wednesday evening, if you're able to, uh, to for us to call in, for you guys to call in Wednesday at 830. Here's the number, 1-302-202-1160. Call in at 8.30. Um, here is the access code. I'm making sure because when I post this, I don't want, to be, I don't want the, the access code to be online, so I'm trying to be real deliberate so I can find this spot on the video and blank it out. <laughs> the access code is 833730. 833-730. But I want you to call 1-302-202-1106-830, and we're going to literally pray together through this proclamation. It's only a half hour. It's not going to be an hour call, only 30 minutes. We just want to pray through the proclamation together. Uh, and if the Lord puts emphasis on any particular thing, which he usually does, we would pause there, pray, proclaim it, declare it, and keep moving through. Um, I feel like God has us on something very, very special during this month of February. For us, this month of February is similar to that that year when, what was that, the year that we was about to go, 2013? August of 2013 when me and Carol fasted and prayed and dedicated ourselves during that month because they was, you know, getting ready to put us out of this building. Nothing was working. We was ready to leave. <laughs> For real. We were leaving. Uh, we we, my wife had already got boxes, started packing. We came to church that Sunday to tell everybody this is it. And Tracy picked up on it real fast and said, oh my God, they're leaving. <laughs> they're, they're about to go right now. And so instead of leaving, we prayed together every day. Me and Carol, at our lunch hour, we would go and sit in the car and we would pray about what to do and out of that prayer came um, that the Lord would open up a door and after that he opened up this room and that room and we've been going since and so we're at that kind of place again it's not we want to go it's like okay something has to happen our lease runs out right for this space in April and on a personal level, our money runs out <laughs> in April. All of them, we've been living on our savings for almost a year. So we're right back at the same place as we were two years ago. Something has to happen. And so God has been giving us these prophetic words and promises for many, many years. My wife took all of those prophetic words and promises and things that God has been speaking to us and compiled them into these declarations and proclamations. And so now you see why I was so blown away by what the ambassador was saying yesterday, because I had already, you're looking at it, I already had this ready to go. Here I am knowing that I'm gonna to present to you guys proclamations and declarations, and he's saying yesterday, 
you're going to need to declare some things from the throne. You're going to have to release some things. And I'm like, oh my God. And so that, Linda was writing. And, so and, yeah. She had felt in her heart she needed to release some proclamations and declarations over Harrisburg, and she did it last night. And so that's why we're all blown away because God was speaking this to us. And now I didn't, this is my only proof to you guys because you're saying, you know, I didn't do this last night. Afterwards, <laughs> He had already told me to do this. So I want you to take the time each day and read through, release these proclamations in your family, your life, your situation. When we come together, we're going to be doing it together for this ministry as in, in unity and agreement. Because the Bible said, where there's unity and agreement, he commands the blessing. Yes. Uh, the code is 833-730. Okay. Um, what happens is when you call in, you would be prompted. There'll be a voice prompt that will say, please enter your code. And when you enter the code, then it'll take you into the call. And that's where we'll be uh, on the call. Uh, and we're going to read through it. Um, to us, this is just part of the strategy for us for to get us through this. We have nowhere else to go. We have nowhere else to turn. <laughs> we literally have nowhere else to go, nowhere else to turn. And... You see me smiling because it's like this is always when God just, right. just <laughs> he just breaks forth. When you got, I ain't got, we ain't got no all alternatives. We ain't got nothing else. So if the lease is running out, our money's running out. We ain't got no uh, ain't nothing we can do. <laughs> like God, you, That's yes, where he wants it. Like okay, we're good, we're good. Now uh, to end this today, I want us to. Uh, make this proclamation. Let's read this together. Uh, I'll let you lead us out, dear. You take the microphone and lead us out in this proclamation as we close out today. You can come up here and bring it up here. Let me disconnect all of this. Thank you, Lord. Lord, recognizing that our fight is not against flesh and blood, political parties, activist groups, or social movements, we stand here in the gap for our families with the spiritual weapons of prayer, praise, and worship, and the word of God. We declare that we are not afraid of our spiritual enemies. We remember you, Lord, great and awesome, as we fight for our brothers and sisters, our sons, our daughters, our spouse and our households. According to the promise in Isaiah 54, 17, no weapon that is formed against us will prosper and every tongue that accuses us in judgment, we will condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and our vindication is from you, Lord. So Father God, we receive your grace, favor, protection and wisdom. We thank you for giving us your angels charge over us and our families to keep us in all of our ways. May all who are called to be a part of this special work here in Harrisburg and throughout Dauphin County be anointed right now and may we be empowered to do your will, O oh God. May we each be strengthened to overcome every hindrance and every detour that the enemy has always been able to throw in our path. 
May the cycles of defeat, discouragement, depression, and doubt be broken over every heart and every home right now in Jesus' name. We declare we are now set free to do all that we need to do and obtain all that we need to obtain in Jesus' name. We ask it in the authority of Jesus Christ. From this day forward, we will stop allowing the disappointments of the past to hinder us from embracing the destiny you have set before us. Lord, help us to consistently live in your presence and in the power of your spirit, O oh God. Help us not to limit you by our fear, sin, low expectations, or distractions. Continuously fill us afresh with your power. Cause us to defeat the spirit of Amalek that comes against us, our families, our businesses, and ministries. In Jesus' name. Lord, help us to continue to connect with people of humility that really want God. The ones who will dare to step out of their comfort zones, leave religious bondage, walk out of their personal prisons, and receive all that you have stored up for them. People who will receive the priority of the presence and word of God in their hearts and homes. Lord, we thank you for showing us Arayaboth, the place where you have made room for us. Lord, continue to make a way for us, O oh God. You are our only source. We thank you for making a way out of no way. We thank you for provision of people and resources. So we lift our hands, our hearts, and our lives to you and surrender. We thank you, Lord. We declare that the blood of Jesus Christ has given us authority over Satan's ability. No word of witchcraft, sorcery, doubt, or depression would take over our minds, emotions, bodies, or will. We nullify all plans that bring conflicts and confrontational incidents designed to prevent us from hearing the word of God and receiving the impartation of the Holy Spirit that makes us free. We break generational curses and spiritual influences that manifest every time we stand in breakthrough. We are free in the name and authority of Jesus Christ. Lord, we receive your promotion, your presence, your provision, your protection, and your purpose for our lives. According to Ephesians 1, 15-21, fill us with the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ and cause the eyes of our understanding to be enlightened. And we thank you for doing so. Father God, we agree with you in these things. In the name and authority of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen.